The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. are in the money, the skies are sunny, and old man recession, you are through, you have done us wrong, or at least I hope so. <laughs> and we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, we talk about the bond market, we talk about social security, 401ks, income taxes, estate planning, you name it, we talk about it. And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have a show that is full of boring financial stuff to talk about. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So therefore, we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. I love it. And I love every single... I was going to say every single minute of it, but I think there's like one minute in the last uh, 20 years that I have not enjoyed. But other than that, I've enjoyed all of it. But uh, all of the things we talk about on this show, these are the very same ideas we talk about with our beloved and most valued clients. And we have clients now in all uh, 48 states. And uh, we have uh, uh, offices in uh, California and Oklahoma and in, uh, in Texas and also in uh, Arizona. And so for those of you all along there, we love you. We thank you for listening to the show. Our website is rpoa.com. And when you're there, we podcast this show. So if you missed it or you caught it and you think, oh, I want to hear more, we podcast all of our shows. We segment them into the titles. We have it there for you. We have videos. We have articles. So if you are over 50, if you're in the five years before retirement and the five years after retirement, if you're in that 10-year zone, then we want to see if we can help you because that's what we're all about. And so let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of uh, retirement planning. So first of all, I want to talk with you about something that I think is very, very important, and that is the difference between best interest and fiduciary duty. 
Okay, because when, when you're talking to an, uh, someone, a professional, someone to help you with your retirement planning, there are two kinds of people, generally speaking, that you could talk to. One has your best interest at heart, and the other one has a fiduciary duty. And I want to talk with you about the difference between those two because I think it is extremely important for you to know the difference. Okay, so we'll help you to uh, understand who you're doing business with. Neither one is necessarily bad. You just need to know who you're doing business with. Okay, now also this week I want to talk with you about nine factors to consider before buying long-term care insurance. Now, you know, most shows, Jack, would, would, would maybe go with like five Maybe six of them? No, we don't do that. We're going to go with nine factors that you should consider uh, before buying long-term care insurance. Okay, so all nine of them. The full Monty. Also this week, we're going to talk about how to calculate the break-even age when taking Social Security benefits. Okay, so one of the things that we talk about with clients is, you know, if you take it when you're 62, when you take it when you're 66, when you wait till you're 70, you know, when's the break-even age and all those different uh, scenarios. And so I'm going to give you kind of a, a thumbnail, rule of thumb way of calculating what the break-even point is, depending on when you take Social Security. So we'll help you with that. And also this week, I want to talk with you about our foundational philosophy when we manage our clients' money, which is that growth is important. Okay, obviously, we want to grow our money, we want to invest for that, and that's all very, very important, certainly. But we believe that protection of principle is even more important. And the reason is, is because once you stop working, the nest egg that you've built up during your lifetime, what you've retired on, that now has to sustain you for the rest of your life. So you have to protect that. And protecting principle, we believe, is very, very important. So therefore, each week I talk a little bit about that. And this week, I want to talk about the buy hold, what I call the buy hold myth, which is, hey, don't worry about it, okay? The market always comes back. It's not a problem. You'll just play through. It doesn't matter how much you lose. It'll come back one day. Always has, always will. Well, I want to postulate that that is actually a young person's strategy. And if you are the people we want to talk to, which means you're over 50, you're in that 10-year zone that I was talking about, I would say that that is not probably the strategy that you should employ. And in fact, I would say that that could have significant negative financial repercussions if you just play through it, lose lots of money, because one day it's going to come back. Okay? So I want to talk with you about that later on in the show. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. Don't you dare stop me because on this show, do we only go there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to be talking about steps you should take at least annually to review and update your estate plan. Okay, because that's the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And the last thing you want is for your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs uh, to not receive all the inheritance because you didn't do your updating of your estate plan. That would be terrible. So we have that to talk about. We have lots to talk about. So let's dive into what is the difference between. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to quote 
the Securities and Exchange Commission chairman, Jay Clayton, last year. Okay, so they in 2019, in the middle of the year, they passed some new rules with regard to fiduciary duty and best interest standards. Okay, and this was an interview that he did in uh, on NBC's Squawk Box, and he said that there are all types of fiduciary duties, but he zeroed in on an investment advisor's fiduciary duty. And uh, we at uh, Retirement Planners of America, we are investment advisors, and so therefore we have the fiduciary duty. So he says, it's a combination of care and loyalty. He said, you owe somebody a duty of care, and you can't put your interests ahead of your client's interests. He said, best interest, which is different, is on the other side of the, it's on the broker side, okay? And this has many of the same elements, but again, what Mr. Clayton said is, we want people to understand that the investment advisor space and the broker-dealer space are different. He said, they are very different in, a way, in the way that people get paid. In the broker-dealer space, you get paid usually a commission on a transaction-by-transaction -transaction basis. In the investment advisor space, it's more of a long-term relationship where you get paid on a quarterly fee, yearly fee, and the advisor has a portfolio lifetime relationship with you. Those are two very different uh, relationships, and we want to be very clear, he said. Now, in the final regulations that they passed, they said that the rules don't define best interest, which was a major sticking point that the old rules didn't. So what they wanted to do was they wanted to make sure that people understood the difference. So we're raising the standard of conduct for broker-dealers, which are the best interest version, and the obligation that they owe their clients. Second, he said, we're covering more of the advice spectrum, and one of the things we're covering that's key is account type. When you're rolling over your 401k, etc., whether you're a broker-dealer or an investment advisor, it's very different. So CNBC said before this there was no standard, and he said it wasn't clear enough. So what he wants to do, Clayton argued, that the power of competition has inured to the benefit of investors so much. He said, I think investors need to know how much of their money is going to work for them, and the key part of this rule package is whether you're an investment advisor or a broker-dealer. You're going to have a very you're going to have a very candid conversation now about how they're making their money, okay? So that's basically for you to ask, okay? I guess the, the um, moral of that story is ask the person if they have a best interest duty or if they have a fiduciary duty. And that'll tell you whether they're a broker-dealer or whether they're an investment advisor, and uh, you can make your decision accordingly, okay? So... Words to the wise. Now, as I mentioned, um, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We'd love to help you make decisions about your 401ks, about whether you can retire or not, about when and wh when to take Social Security. Uh, we want to talk with you about the strategies if you're uh, uh, 62, 66, if you're 70. Uh, we want to talk with you about Medicare. We want to talk with you about reducing your income taxes on your retirement savings. We want to talk with you about how to get income during your retirement. Where do you get it from? In what order? Do you go to your IRA, your 401k? Do you go to your uh, taxable accounts first or second or third? We want to give you that hierarchy. We also want to help you to calculate what we call your magic number. And the magic number is essentially the amount of money that we think you should have to, to be able to support the lifestyle that you want for the rest of your life. If you have it, 
fantastic. We're so happy. We'll, we'll, we'll cheer with you. If you don't, then we want to look at rolling our sleeves up and building a plan to get you there. Okay. I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you're very welcome. Another thing that we want to do for you is what we call our retirement cash flow plan. Okay, this is the RCFP. And what we do in that is we look into the future and we want to see what expenses you have, what sources of income you have, when you'll get Social Security, all that kind of stuff, when you'll stop working if you still are. And we want to calculate all of that for you and give you a picture of where you'll be in 5, 10, 15 years. And we'll project into that. We'll, you'll help us build it with you. Together, we'll look at it and we'll see what it looks like and, and help you to build some confidence about your retirement plans. So all of that we want to do with you at no no charge or obligation. And you can do that by going to rpoa.com, which is our website, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Click on meet with an advisor and we'll sit down and do all of the above with you. No charge or obligation. If we can help you, fantastic. And if not, we will part friends. Okay. So either way, there's no charge or obligation. So our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about nine factors to consider before buying long-term care insurance. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Why, thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. Wow! Yes, wow is the word. And uh, so if that is you, if you're within 10 years, if you're within the 10-year period, which is five years before retiring and five years after, if you're in that 10-year period, that is a time that we would love to visit with you and see if we can help you to achieve a successful retirement. We have two goals for our clients. The first one being we want you to have financial peace of mind. And secondly, and most importantly, we want your money to last as long as you do. And so everything that we do is geared around helping clients' money last as long as they do. Okay, so we want you to have money when you're really, really old and you can leave some maybe for those greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs of yours. Um, now, one of the important considerations um, to look at, and we do this uh, with quite a few of our clients, is to look at long-term care insurance. And, you know, one of the things that I say to people is that one of the worst enemies you have to your financial well-being is the person you see in the mirror every morning when you, when you look in the mirror. And that's because if your health changes, if your circumstances change, and for some reason you are not able to care for yourself and you need long-term care, it is extremely expensive and it could put a significant dent in your retirement savings, in your retirement plans. You know, you experience that kind of cost. So for many of you, it is a good idea, even though it is expensive, to have long-term care insurance. Not everyone, but for, for a lot of you. So um, I want to talk with you now about the nine factors that you may want to consider before buying long-term care insurance. Okay, so the first one is, you know, do you need it? And basically, the way I look at it, the way we look at it as a firm, you know, if, if you have more than $2 million, a million and a half dollars of liquid money, you could potentially um, self-insure your long-term care cost, meaning pay for it yourself. But the question I would ask you is, do you want to? You know, I mean, if you have that much money, you may be able to like, you know, 
if your house burns down, you may be able to find and pay for a new house, but that doesn't mean that you don't want to have fire insurance, okay? So there's kind of that dichotomy going there. But uh, a lot of people think that it's just for rich people, not necessarily, or, or for people who aren't rich, not necessarily. Okay, so let's go forth and look at the nine things. So the first one is you need to be aware of the costs. And uh, this is uh, according to um, Genworth, uh, the insurance company. The annual cost of a semi-private room uh, nationally is about $88,000. I'm sorry, in Orlando, in Florida, is $88,000 a year. That's a very expensive. That's a lot. A private nursing home room is almost $95,000 a year. And, a, and 44 hours a week of home health services, if they come to you, is about $42,000 per year. And Medicare, the important thing you need to know about this is that Medicare does not pay for this. Okay, that's the thing. Medicare does not pay for a lot of long-term care costs. So, therefore, you have to either pay for it yourself or you need to pay for it out of uh, have insurance pay for it. All right, so let's look at the things you need to look at in, in our opinion. First of all is... And this is self-serving, I know, but it is extremely complex. These policies cover a lot of different things. So one of the things is do your homework, investigate, and, again, self-serving, but talk to somebody that understands all this stuff, that can help guide you through it, and we would love to do that for you. Okay, so if you want us, we are objective. Uh, we're not trying to sell you anything. We'll give you our, our honest advice. All right, number two, compare policies and read all the fine print. So you want to know how long is the exclusion period before the policy begins to pay benefits? What capacities do you have to lose? There's these things called capacities of daily living, uh, ADLs. You also have to look at how many years of care is going to be covered and should you, uh, it, why you should invest these policies yourself. It's very, very complicated. And again, if you talk to somebody who knows all these options, they can help you guide through that. Number three, investigate the company itself. Okay, you don't want the company to die before you need to have the insurance pay, okay? So make sure that you've looked at the strength of the company, you look at their policies and their financial condition, uh, do your homework on the health of the insurance company because a lot of times people look strictly at the premium, it's a cheaper one, I'm going with that, and then that company goes out of business because they were, weren't charging enough and you don't have insurance and now you have a healthcare situation and you're not insurable anymore. Number, three, uh, number four, you don't have to buy the, the top-of-the-line plan if you can't afford one, okay? One way to cut costs on long-term uh, care insurance is to choose a policy that covers fewer years or pays out for less days or doesn't have an inflation rider built into it. So there's lots of different ways to skin the cat, okay? So uh, usually what happens is obviously a salesperson wants to sell you the top-of-the-line one because they got a commission coming to them, but you may not need the, all the bells and whistles, so look at that. Number five, don't stop paying premiums on an existing policy because you think you're going to buy another one, okay? That gap in insurance, you know Murphy's Law, right? What The worst thing that can happen will happen at, and at the worst possible time. So keep paying premiums on your existing policies until you are sure that the new one has taken over. Number six, don't keep your long-term care plans a secret. Make copies of everything, the first two pages of your policies, and give them to someone who's responsible. Because if you're not able to do it, somebody else needs to know what's going on. If you keep it a secret, they won't know. Number seven, apply earlier rather than later. The younger you are, the cheaper the premiums are, and the longer you go, the more likely it is you'll have a health condition which will make it more expensive or you can't get it. Number eight, look at policies for couples. 
If you're married, you can get discounts if you're, if you're a couple. And number nine, review your long-term care plans every year. Don't set it and forget it. Premiums change, policies change, all kinds of stuff happens, and it's uh, incumbent upon you or with the help of uh, a uh, somebody who is, is advising you to review your policies at least once a year and make sure they're all what you want. So, I'm glad we had this talk. Well, Tom, I am too. Now, as I mentioned, we are retirement planning specialists, and uh, so if you would like to visit with one of our retirement planners and go over all the stuff we talk about on the show, we'd love to do it with you at no charge or obligation. Uh, also, I want to invite you, we have retirement planning uh, seminars that you can attend, uh, virtual, um, and also they are at no charge or obligation. And so if you're over 50, retired or retiring soon, at these seminars, we talk about, do you have enough money to retire on? We call it your magic number. We, have, we talk about strategies around Social Security. When should you take it? How should you take it? If you're a married person, you know, and you have different ages, different income levels, all those kind of things are factors we'll help you to walk through. Also, we'll help you to calculate what we call your hurdle rate. Okay, this is the rate of return that we believe you need to earn on your money so as to support your lifestyle. We'll talk about how much risk you should take. Should you roll over your 401k? I mean, there's so much information at these seminars that I, I could spend half an hour just telling you about that, so I'm not gonna. Go to our website, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. If you're over 50, just sign up for it. You can attend it, no charge or obligation, and I'm very certain you'll find some good kernels of truth and uh, get some help out of it. Okay, so rpoa.com is our website. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to calculate the break-even age when, when taking Social Security benefits. Okay, so stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This show is designed to give you great financial planning ideas from the airwaves. We're raining them down on you, pennies from heaven. And I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic weekend. I hope everything is coming up roses for you. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner of Retirement Planners of America. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, we'd love to meet you and see if we can help you. We want to talk about two things. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. Those are our two prime directives. And everything that we do is geared around accomplishing those goals for you to have a successful retirement. And our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, we podcast the show. We have articles, videos, all kinds of stuff for you to binge if you're tired of binging Netflix. <laughs> so let's talk about Social Security. Social Security is maybe the, I, if I were to list the things that we talk about the most with clients and prospective clients, I would say Social Security is maybe number one. And so let's talk about Social Security. And one of the questions that I often get asked, we get off, often get asked is, if I take it when I'm 62, when I take it when I'm 66, you know, if I take it early, um, because, by the way, our recommendation is you should never take Social Security after the age of uh, later than 70. Okay, that's about as far as it makes sense to delay starting. But if you start earlier than that, then the question is when do you break even? Because if you take it later, you get more. But if you take it earlier, you get more payments at a lower amount. So when does it all break even and how do you do that math? Okay, so um, one of the things that you have to remember is that when you're when you're uh, calculating the break even, 
what I'm going to uh, calculate here is when the total value of all the payments is higher than if you did it the other way. Okay, so I'm not taking into account time value of money here and all the other things. So, so um, I know I'm going to get emails on this. Every time I do this, I get that. Okay, so I'm not taking that into account, but I am taking into account the total dollars. All right, and I'm not investing the difference. I'm not saying I'm going to go invest it somewhere else. I'm not doing that. I'm just looking at pure dollars you receive from Social Security and which way, when does it break even the total dollars that they that Social Security pays you. Okay, so. The first step, so let's say that uh, uh, Bill has reached full retirement age and he's trying to decide whether to begin collecting benefits of $1,000 a month now or delay for one year and start a year from now. Okay, so assuming that he's 66, then what will happen is that he's, he's his full retirement age, he waits one year, what that'll do is it'll add 8% to his payment. So next year when he gets it, he'll get $1,080, all right? so. What, how long will it take for him to break even in that scenario? He, he waited a year. He gave up $12,000, 12 payments of $1,000, so as to get $1,080 a month instead. So what's the difference? He's going to get $80 a month more. So the way that you do this, and again, I'm ignoring the time value of money. I get it, okay? So I'm just, and I'm ignoring co cost of living adjustments that Social Security may pay. I get that too. I'm just giving you a thumbnail. So you take the $12,000 that you gave up, right? You waited a year, you gave up $12,000, but you're going to get $80 more because you waited. So how long does it take to break even? The answer is you take 12,000 divided by the $80 more that you're now going to get, and the answer is it takes 150 months. So that's 12 and a half years. Okay? So you can decide whether you're going to live longer than 12 and a half years or not. And if you think you are, you may want to wait that year. And if you don't, you may want to start sooner. Okay? So that's a, yes. And it's, it's a simple calculation. And I know there's more complexity than that. But I just to help you to have it, just take the incremental difference, how much more are you going to get, divide it into what you gave up to get that, and that'll tell you how many years to break even. So it's not a complete way of doing it, but it'll give you kind of a general idea. All right? And uh, then a lot of uh, uh, planning things come from that. Now, as I've mentioned, we are Retirement Planners of America. We specialize in retirement planning, and Social Security is an extremely complex animal, okay? In fact, I joke around when I say that if there was a gold medal for complexity, every year the, <laughs> the government would win the gold medal. There is no one that can figure out how to make things complex as well as our government can, and Social Security especially. So when you make your decisions with regard to Social Security, if you don't make the right decision, the one that's best for you, then you could leave thousands of dollars on the table, if not tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. So it's important to make those decisions properly. And our uh, retirement planners are trained in Social Security. They're trained in Medicare. So they're trained to help make those kinds of help clients make those kinds of decisions. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, and you click click on Meet with an Advisor. What we love to do is sit down with you and review your entire retirement plan from income tax decisions to social security decisions to can you retire or not decisions to where you're going to get the income when you are retired decisions all that kind of stuff we want to help you at no charge or obligation if we can help you fantastic and if not we'll tell you that too either way no charge no obligation and we will part friends i think
this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And Bogey is right. It is that. So we'll look forward to beginning that friendship with you at rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the market always comes back. So don't worry about it. Yeah, right. Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. We are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. <laughs> Boy, you're going to make, yes, as a matter of fact, I do feel good. And I hope, ladies and gentlemen, that you are also feeling good. And in fact, you know, if you listen to this show, you, you can't help yourself. You're going to feel so great. This is just a happy show. And uh, as I mentioned, I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And our goal is to worry about all this boring financial stuff so that you don't have to. Uh, we have two goals for our clients. We want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We want you to go play. We call your, sec your uh, retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. So we want you to go play, have fun, relax, and not worry about, as I mentioned, all this boring financial stuff. And uh, so one of the things that is extremely important to us because of who we work with is that we we believe that the first five the five years before you retire and the first five years of your retire retirement that 10-year period that decade we view it as the single most important decade of your entire financial life there's no doubt about it i believe there is no doubt about it and the reason why we say that is because no matter how well you have done for the last 30 years you have invested you have done fantastically well you been the most successful investor in the universe and then 2008 or Y2K or one of those terrible bear markets comes along and it's like six months before you retire or even five years before you retire and that may change your entire outlook and if you are retired boy would that change your outlook if you lost 50 or 60 percent of your money okay regardless in my view of how well you've done to get here so once you are in that 10-year zone, we believe that now you have to start thinking defensively. How do I protect what I've built? Because it's going to support me the rest of my life. And so we believe that growth is important, certainly. You got, you know, keeping up with inflation, covering your expenses, growth is important. No doubt about that. But protection of principle when you're in that 10-year zone, we believe, is even more important. And so, therefore, we have a strategy we call invest and protect, which means that when we see danger coming, we take risk off the table. We start to go defensive so as to protect against that downside. We don't want that to happen. Now, the counter to that is what people call or, or normally is called buy and hold, which means you just buy stuff, you rebalance it periodically, you buy good quality investments, you diversify, rebalance on, on a quarterly basis or whatever, and uh, your job is done. And now all you do is you go to the Bahamas and sit in a hammock and sit mint juleps and your job's done. Well, we don't believe that. And so this idea that the reason why it's okay is because the market will always come back. Right. In fact, I read that this morning. There's a person who said the market will come back. It always comes back, always has. It'll come back. It'll come back. Well, OK, but where's the contract that says that? And if it doesn't, can I move in with you and live with you since you're the one that it, it came back for and it didn't come back for me? Are you going to support me now? I don't know about that one. Right. So I believe that a 
strategy of it'll always come back and I play through that is a young person strategy. Um, and so that's why I don't think it may be yours. So be aware of that. So I want to talk about, you know, some of the times in the past. Now, the last three bear markets we've had since 2008, we've had what's called a V-shaped recovery. Okay, we've had some very rapid recoveries. And that doesn't mean that that's going to go on forever, folks. Don't, don't take for granted that every time we have a bear market, it's going to recover in three months. Because historically, that's not what it has done. Uh, Y2K took seven years to recover from Y2K till 2007, just in time for 2008 to show up. And 2008 didn't, didn't get back to even until 2013. It took f almost six years for that to happen. The Great Depression, the Dow fell to uh, almost 80%. It took 25 years to get back to even. And you may say, well, you know what? Things have changed and all that, and we, this is America, you know, we're better than everybody else. Think about the Japanese. Their stock market has still not gotten back. It's still 25% down from where it was in 1989, okay? I mean, what's that, 20, no, 31 years ago? Okay, so, you know, I mean, yes, it may come back, but you may not live long enough to see it come back. And the problem is that if it goes way down and you're living on it, you're taking money out as it's going down. And farmers call that eating your seed corn. And if you do enough of that, then yes, it, it, it hopefully will turn around eventually and start growing again. But if you've eaten enough of your seed corn, when growth season comes, guess what? You may have nothing left to plant. And that would be tragic. Yeah, it's a terrible deal. So therefore, we believe that you shouldn't even take that kind of risk. You shouldn't even be exposed to those kinds of losses. We believe that protecting against the downside, protecting against large losses, should be a very, very important part of your retirement planning. And we do. And we, our invest and protect strategy is one that is designed to do exactly that. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, we have seminars that you can attend. Um, and these seminars, you can go online and register at rpoa.com. And uh, at the seminars, uh, we talk about uh, when and how to take Social Security. We talk about the fact that the IRS... <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, those guys, they want to tax 85% of your Social Security benefits. Did you know that? 85%. We want to show you how to beat that if it's at all possible. We want to talk about how to reduce your income taxes. We have strategies on that. We have strategies also for what to do with your 401k, diversification, how to determine how much risk is appropriate for you. We're going to talk about your magic number. Do you, do you have enough money to retire on? How do you figure that out? We're going to talk about where do you get income from when you're retired. We're going to talk about so much great information that I, I wish I was you. Cool. <laughs> I wish I could be you and attend my own seminar. It would be wonderful. But, you know, somebody has to do it, and so we'll, we'll have you attend it instead. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, and uh, there's no charge or obligation, and, and we want to help you if we can. Now, you know, years uh, – uh, now, the other thing that we also offer on our website – 
is the ability to meet with one of our retirement planners. A lot of you may not want to just uh, go to a seminar uh, you, you know, or attend one. You want to talk directly with one of our retirement planners. If you want to do that, we'll do it with you at no charge or obligation also. And you can find that all at our website, which is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack, and uh, I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And, uh, you know, under the, the uh, heading of if you don't toot your own horn, nobody else will, I will just tell you that uh, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 advisors, actually now eight years in a row. To infinity and beyond. Yes, indeedy. To infinity and beyond. And you know what? As much as I am proud of that designation and as great as that may be, I know that without our beloved and most valued clients, I would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. We would be nowhere without you. And everything we do is geared around helping you to achieve two goals. One is we want you to have financial peace of mind. And more importantly, we want your money to last as long as you do. It's all about that. Now, if we've been successful in doing that, then maybe you have a few things left over that you can leave to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. And that's why this is the part of the show where we talk about estate planning, which is leaving to the aforementioned in the least taxed, most cost-efficient way. And uh, this year, uh, this this year, this week, I want to talk with you about reviewing and updating your estate plan, which we think you should do once a year, okay, at a minimum. And so we're going to do that. We're going to go through some things to think about. But before we do it, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And you know the estate taxes, probate, all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite. And we do. It, it's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about things to consider when you're reviewing and updating your estate plan or reasons why you should re, uh, review and update your uh, estate plan. So... One of the things about it, as I said, is it is not a set it and forget it situation. Your life changes. So once you've established your estate plan, you know, make sure it stays sound by revisiting it at least once a year or if these key life events were to happen. So one of the things that you should look at, for example, is the birth or adoption of a new child or grandchild. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, my, uh, I don't have any grandchildren as of yet, but hopefully when I do, uh, we're going to revisit our estate plan and we're going to disinherit our kids and leave it all to the grandchildren. See, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on the air because then I'll never get grandchildren. Uh, also, what about if a child or a grandchild becomes an adult? Okay, now there are different rules. Before, you may have thought, you know, when they're a minor and all of that, now they're an adult. So what happens if they inherit from you now? So you got to think about that. When a child or grandchild needs educational funding, 
Okay, you get a new grandchild, maybe you want to do something to help them get through school, or maybe when they're older, you want to do that too. You want to leave it to them in trust, you want to leave it to them segregate, however you want to do that. And of course, there's also death or change in circumstances of the person that you've named in your will to be the guardian of your children. Okay, so if you have young children and you have, you've named somebody as a guardian and that person doesn't want to do it anymore or they've died or something happened, so you've got to change that. Uh, what about if you change the number of your dependents? For example, if you, uh, if you are caring for an adult or you adopt somebody or adopt a child. Also, changes in your, you or your spouse's financial situation. Okay, What happens if uh, suddenly your spouse starts making a lot of money? or you start making more money than you were before, and now you have more resources. Uh, the opposite is also true. What happens if you make less money and there you want to change it? What about marriages or divorces, illnesses or disability with you or your spouse? What about uh, if, if uh, you change your, your in, changes in your life or your long-term care insurance coverage? And, you know, we talked earlier about that in this show. That's part of your estate planning. What happens if you buy a large asset? You buy a new home or a vacation home or a business, okay? Um, also, if you borrow a large sum of money, okay, how's that gonna be repaid? That's gotta be put into your estate plan as well. What happens if your assets suddenly go up? You have a piece of real estate in Colorado and everybody wants to buy it from you and it's worth a lot more, okay, what now? Uh, what happens if you receive an inheritance, a large gift? Okay, so I hope I'm kinda giving you some of the things that, that affect when you should change or revisit your estate plan. And Gomer, pal, how are you? Also, uh, changes in federal tax laws. You know, the estate taxes, just since I've been doing this now for about 30 years, I remember there are lots of changes that have happened over the years to the estate tax laws and all of that. So you've got all kinds of stuff. So therefore, your estate plan is not a set it and forget it. It's a set it and revisit it periodically. And I we believe, you know, once a year is a good way of doing it if there aren't some circumstances that make it accelerate to more than that. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I'd like you to I'd like to invite you to visit with one of our retirement planners. Their job is to help you with your investments. Their job is to help you with your retirement decisions such as social security. Can you retire? Do you have enough money? Uh, help you make uh, income tax decisions, estate planning decisions, all these kind of things. Social security, when and how to take it, um, how to save on your taxes on social security, how much risk should you take. We want to visit with you and help you to build a retirement cash flow plan, which uh, for many people that I've done it with, they, they think it's a very valuable exercise from the standpoint of being able to see everything in one place. My income, my expenses, how much I have left over, how long my money is going to last. We want to go over all of that, and you'll have pride of authorship because we're going to build it with you. Okay, We're going to guide you. You're going to tell us what you want, and we're going to guide you through it, and we're going to come up with a game plan. And... At that point, if you like what you see and you want to work with us, that is just fantastic. We'd love to work with you. And if you don't, that's fine, too. There's no charge or obligation either way, and we will part friends. Oh, dear. That's too wonderful to be true. Well, Dorothy, it's not too wonderful to be true because it is true. So take advantage of that, ladies and gentlemen, at rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Now, I cannot believe how fast this show has gone. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed doing it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. It's 
tell in the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morafe or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.